if you're listening to this and you live in Brunei, please come to our show. Sanke Alliance presents Ramshackle, an evening of utter shambles. So uh, it's on the 27th of October, 2018, and doors open at 7.30. The venue is at Avenue 41. It's at Kiarong. If you don't know where it is, it's next to Lami. There are no signs to Avenue 41. Yeah. But uh, we'll make sure you find it because we'll be posted outside. Yeah, and we'll just like wave around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you can't find it, go to Waze. I'm assuming Waze has it. Yeah, they, yeah. they do. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, what can they? Ex- what can you expect? Uh, lots of lols. Lots of lols. Um, performances and sketches. It's um, gonna be. It's usually really fun. Super fun. It's really fun. It's really rowdy, and um, you'll par- bring your friends. Yeah. You'll enjoy it more if you have friends there. Oh, but if you don't have friends, we have a system called the designated friend system right dfs yeah so you can request that you can request that by going to our twitter at sonke alliance or facebook at sonke alliance mm-hmm. or email us at hi at sonke alliance.com and we'll have a friend ready for you there someone you'll meet yay how much are the tickets uh tickets are seven dollars uh doors open at seven thirty. you need to come earlier because seats are limited mm-hmm. and we sell out very quickly and come dressed up yeah, it's our Halloween show too. Oh my god, we have this every year. Yeah, so dress up. Uh, try not to dress up too scary. Why not? Because I'll be on stage and I'll be too scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, is it a legal show? It is! We have a permit! <laughs> ah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, please come to our show again, 27 October 2018. Doors open 7.30, venue at Avenue 41. Tickets at $7. All information are on the website, songkitalliance.com. Right. See you there. See ya. This is Check Out Rojak. I am Tia Abdullah. And with me are, look yonder, it's a rare species. It's an employed young person. It's oh! Maria. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and without Iman. <laughs> oh, we're without Iman because she's dead. Uh, so Tia... <laughs> How'd you get your job? Um, like my current day job, right? Yeah. So I worked for the government and I got my day job in 2009. Uh-huh. What happened was I was still doing my undergraduate in Singapore and then I got an email saying that they want me for an interview. I want you. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but what happened was Kalurisan, the ministry I was working for before, um, they were seeking for graduates coming graduates from Singapore mm. so I got really lucky because yeah. there were only like two of us that year wow that's amazing yeah wait what, what year was this this was 2009 nine yeah so it's really interesting because um I basically didn't do anything and a few months after I got the job I got another call from mm. another ministry saying that we want you to come in for an interview and I think I got like Three offers. Did you apply for that? I didn't apply for anything. How did they find you? Right? I know. I don't know. Because I think it's the list that MOE right. scholarship students. Did you, did you? No. I mean... You didn't get that? I I mean, I, I got a sco- the scholarship as well. Uh-huh. But uh, I think by my time, they, they stopped doing that. You graduated in 2015, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Interesting. I graduated, I graduated from the UK, but to be fair... Um, 
there were a lot, there are still a lot of Bruneians living uh-huh. in the UK. Yeah. So I guess maybe there were too many. I'm not sure. I don't think they're actively seeking for people who graduate from Singapore. But Kalurusan that year, the prerequisite for the place I was working for was the minister wanted somebody from Singapore right, right. because of better work ethics. Mm. I don't know, like maybe they made, I don't think they made a mistake in the previous people they hired. Mm-hmm. It's just that they wanted somebody to really stand out. Right. Yeah. And like have that Singaporean culture. I don't know what it is. Them. I don't know. Which of, I was, uh, I don't know. I, I came out of the interview feeling really good. Because I interviewed Tika Kali for that job. Like three, three times? Three different, three different exams, Whoa. tests and stuff like that. And each one, I aced all of them. Nice, nice. Yeah. Tia's an overachiever, by the way. I'm not an overachiever. <laughs> I feel like I was an overachiever. I'm not anymore. And I'm glad for it. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, uh, right now, it's not a permanent position. Uh-huh. Basically, I have to renew the contract every year. But you're in government. I am in... in I, I do work in the government. Uh I only ha- I didn't have to do any tests. Hmm. I had only had to write a letter to say I want to apply for this position. Oh. They, d- they didn't post it because it was a, a, a what's it called daily paid job. Mm. That's why they don't really post it. It depends on who asks for it, I guess. So um, my mom encouraged me to do that while I was still studying, mm. while waiting for my results. That's and, smart, right? And Kalurusan, my batch, like. Young Kalurusan that year when I sent in my letter was the last batch that they were going to accept daily paid people. Oh. Yeah, and then after I got the job, literally nobody else got the job. Yeah. And yeah. it's been three It's been three two, years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. And there are no newcomers. I think there's like one newcomer this year, like very recently, like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. That's they- it. Oh, because I had a kokosongan. Mm, sometimes it's just out of need, I guess, because we are kind of severely understaffed. I feel like every government institution keeps saying they're understaffed. It's uh, okay for me. My division deals with the public a lot, mm-hmm. so because we're kind of like the the front people of, of like Kirakan, we deal with enterprises, with small businesses. So small businesses come to us first before mm-hmm. they go to other ministries to handle up their business. So it's can be like about we are, we handle about 300 400 SMEs right now and there are only 11 of us oh jeez yeah okay so that's a lot of people to ha- to service but there's not a lot of us mm-hmm. but they aren't really hiring anybody else yeah yeah i feel you i feel the same with where i'm working at right now in that um we're like much of the past 8 months lah for instance we have been, to be fair, it's been the past three years. We have been really busy. Um, there's only, in my unit itself, there's like only five of us. Mm, wow. But we're covering a really, we're covering a priority thing. Mm. Um, and, whose turn is it? Whose turn is it? Yeah, it's really hard, right? Yeah, and we get, our chuti get frozen a lot mm. because of, like, I don't know, like basically priori- demand lah. Yeah, because like which have priority work for certain months and stuff like that. For this year, for instance, we our chuti has is frozen for eight months. Oh my god, it's really long. Yeah, so much have that means you cannot take any leave at all. We have taken leave. It's just that we have to take turns, oh, and then right. we have to be really smart about it, and we have to mm. be really frugal. Right. Um. So much have 
I take my turn first. Tapi I can only take like seven days or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so we have to keep doing that. Which I have to consider each other like ada orang kan beranak lagi. Ada orang beranak sudah. Ada orang kan start sekolah. Stuff like anaknya kan start sekolah. So which I'm, we have to for it's a, a lot to navigate I guess. It is. And like for a demanded division yeah. there's just so little of us. Yeah exactly. And like everyone struggles in understanding whatever they're covering more mm. and everyone keeps saying which I'm I wish I can do more if just I just have too much too many things in yeah my exactly yeah and I think that's the case for so many government agencies yeah yeah because government wants to do so many things so many things yeah. and and they're like uh I guess because government is like the first stop mm. I guess the public is encouraged to like go to the government as a first stop mm-hmm. anyway that's why there's just, I don't know, are we burdened? I think we also our government is not that willing to privatize things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Much of like your area, for instance, your pertanian, right? Yeah. That could be, pri- I know, privatized yeah, and yeah. be made into like a private company that the government hires. Yeah, a lot of our initiatives now uh-huh. are kind of gearing towards let the market do its work. Yeah. Instead of like, provide this, provide this, provide this, but then it doesn't get used. Like bailouts. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> so now it's like, let the private sector just like handle themselves uh-huh. more. But previously, it was, a lot of it was basically government-induced. Mm. Um, yeah, now there's more initiative to, to privatize. But, but even so, like, Macham, people would still want the government to handle it. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, the demand is that people want the government to handle yeah, it. Yeah, because it... Uh, the government doesn't take money. Yeah. That's why. The government gives money. That's why. But then they're like very unsatisfied because of the service you provide. Yeah, because there aren't enough, not, there aren't enough people. Uh-huh. One. And then like there's not enough money anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. Not enough people because people are not getting employed. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why actually. So what do you think is the problem right now in terms of people baru graduate mm-hmm. or people who are secondary school or whatever like any forms of school yeah what's your problem now in terms of trying to get jobs because I feel like my my generation my year of like the year I graduated was the last year where you'd be able to get people almost everyone got a job within one year Mm, yeah for my generation it's uh, yeah I've been a daily paid worker for three years without Mm -hmm. any like actual stability to it and like um for most of my the people that i graduated with are kind of in the same boat as i am Mm. yeah um do you know anyone who hasn't been employed for maybe two years oh yeah a lot a lot Mm. most a lot of my relatives are like that too and a lot of the uh most the biggest reason i think is because of one, they're kind of relying on the government again. Kanya. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like because it's, they're they're so they got the scholarship. Uh-huh. So they were like previous scholars, and then they. Uh, so the deal is within the contract for a scholarship, you have to get five. You have to work for the government for five years. For it's five not. Years. It's not now. It's not the same now. Yeah. But it was like when during my time, and I guess we got it into our heads that it has to be a, the government, and we have to pay off that bond. Mm. So that's but to be to fair, me. the bond was for government, right? Yeah. Google. Like, it's a government job. And I guess that was carelessness from the MOE's part. 
definitely to give the impression that these jobs are available when you come back yeah because much for my area because i did political science and um i didn't i don't know where i was going to go after that mm. but for a lot of people they're like oh obviously going to foreign affairs yeah um and I got called and I got lucky but there were several people in my year where they didn't go to foreign affairs and they were taking like international relations and stuff like that mm. and many others decided like, I don't really know that many people young who were unemployed within one year at the like after one year I think was the cutoff point where almost everybody had a job mm. yeah for me I think okay there was one one of my housemate she got a job later than I did I think like within a year okay. I got a job within 8 months mm. and then she got a job within a year but a lot of people took a long time some of them are still um, they couldn't get a job even if it is private mm. um, there's this issue with because of the scholarship requirements before that mm. so they took their their course because uh, the scholarship section was looking for you know for people who were applying to that course okay but it's kind of specialized in a way that it's difficult to apply to the other uh, private sectors, I mm. guess. So there's a mismatch in supply and what the market wants. Does that matter, though, you think? Macham, you're training for certain things and then you have to get the same job? I think it does. Mm. Uh, for for, for me, lah. Right. Yeah, for me, I took food, food marketing, mm. which is like... I dealt with uh, the agriculture sector and it's really, I now see, because I work in agriculture right now, and it, I can see that my course was really geared towards what I was, right. what I'm doing now. And for a lot of people, their courses were geared towards what the, gov- like a specific government uh, service mm-hmm. and not necessarily like the private sector was not ready yet mm-hmm. to embrace that skill at a proper what livable wage? Mm-hmm. Should we talk about I know, salaries? <laughs> I, I don't know if we should talk about salaries. for instance, I did political science. Mm. I guess what I don't know if it's a bullshit degree. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I felt like whatever I learned, I didn't really apply. I think what was good about it it was learning skills. Mm. Um, it was learning about analytical skills. It was learning how to write effectively, how to argue effectively. Mm. So, how to use facts as a weapon, mm. as a weapon, oh God, sure. Oh, so scary. Yeah, but, but um, that's a skill, but not like, oh, my cat has some things <laughs> to share. It's like, I'm unemployed. Um, so, it's like not, it's not skill like how engineering is a skill. Mm. I don't think it's a very marketable are you sure i feel like it is skill no no i mean like macam here's a problem i remember talking to my best friend about this my best friend worked in the singaporean government Mm -hmm. and she was saying that if you work in government for a long time and then you want to work outside of brunei Mm -hmm. it's not something people seek for right because working for a government comes with certain kind of connotations like what? That you're working for a bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't mean you're working that hard. Oh, wow. Because there are stereotypes to it. And, like, your skills may not be developed. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. much um, if you work in private companies, like, if you work for, like, an NGO, like, an NGO doing public work mm. or any kind of, I guess, whatever, activism, Lala was her example. 
um, people know that you're fighting something. I wonder if it's because the government is like the central power anyway. Yeah. So you're like kind of backed up and you don't really have that many challenges. It's a safe job too. Yeah. So that's what she was saying, Macham, because she moved to the US to... She married somebody. Mm. So she was like having a really hard time getting a job because she said government job is not marketable. Mm. And I guess with me, I did political science and then went to government. I don't know if I'm marketable or not. In the private sector? Do you, In you the mean? private sector. Yeah. I've applied for private sector jobs and I have not been hired for many of them. Mm. But to be fair, the places I'm applying to also have really massive red tape. For instance, mm. I interviewed for a job. I studied for a job last year. Yeah. Like, I studied for a few months. I still don't get answered until now. Which is crazy because it's such a big, big organization. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm just waiting. Um, the answer is supposedly in a few weeks. But oh they said God. that a few months ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I think for me, because I guess I'm more marketable. Uh-huh. I guess lah because I was uh, focusing on the private sector obviously when I was studying and um, I have been applying to the private sector Mm. a lot it's just that they don't want me either Mm. and I don't know why I wonder if it's because interview techniques play into it I haven't gotten interviewed how's that Um, they just reject me outright are you dumb (laughs) oh my god no I don't know I don't know but I remember talking to someone we know about interview techniques mm-hmm. and how they sort of didn't do well during their interview. And I feel like in, if you want to be employable, mm-hmm. there are certain techniques that you need to have once you get into the room. Right. Yeah. And that's not taught to you in school. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, it was in my course but yeah I guess that's but not to the extent that you are you feel confident enough to yeah, just go in because yeah. I mean I think a lot of unis do have stuff like that like yeah the career planning thing yeah but you're talking to somebody you know the person who's interviewing you is somebody you know mm, doing true. those mock interviews yeah and my friend asked me um, if I have any tips on how to do well in interviews and at that point when I was interviewing for my first job, I have already been interviewed many times for other things, mm-hmm. for like Macham, to go on projects, to go on uh, trips overseas and stuff mm. like that, to represent my uni and stuff like that. And I failed a lot during those times. I never get any of those things that mm. I interviewed for. And I guess I learned from there. That's good. I think because yeah. uh, in a way, practice does uh, help a yeah. lot. and. For me, I getting into the door is difficult. What? Because uh, I don't get accepted to even like get called for an interview. How mm. do I? How do you get into the door when you're like the door's shut? Yeah, that's true. That's, that's really difficult. hard. Yeah. So like, even if I okay, so Kiranya, I apply for jobs that are like definitely are like looking for somebody with my kind of skills <clears throat> and my kind of knowledge about the industry, and I apply for it, and they're like sorry you don't meet the requirements I'm like what does that mean what does that mean (laughs) yeah I was applying for a scholarship Mm. a few months ago right and then they were like you did not you did not fill the requirement I'm like which requirement I felt like I felt I filled all of them I just don't know which one I didn't fill Hmm. tell me which one (laughs) I know that they don't really have an obligation to tell you like 
this is where you uh, fall short or anything. But like, if you like, if I read read the requirements, and I'm like, I fill all of these yeah. requirements. Yeah, that's how I felt when I was doing the scholarship. I'm mm. like, what the hell? Yeah, so that's like, so that's a local company. Mm. So like, I've applied for overseas as well, mm. and I have uh, managed one Skype interview. Cool, but it kind of. But they, in the end, they decided to go with like somebody local there because it was like cheaper. Yeah, it was cheaper. So that that was that. That was interesting too because they said that they I was what they were looking for, mm. but it wasn't like it was because I was just a bit more expensive to keep. I guess it's also because you were wearing pajama pants. I were think that's you. Wearing... you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that for several <laughs> Skype interviews, <laughs> wearing pajama pants, but nice top. <laughs> I I went all out, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, did you I, wear shoes? No, it was inside the house. Yeah. I'm too Asian for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Skype interviews; they're so weird. My friend told me recently that he did the same thing. Yeah, like a nice shirt on and like a tie. No, but like even that friend of mine, he is quite marketable too mm. because his area he also just like research R&D lah and he he had a problem also with getting in, his area is like very important I guess mm. but he said it's also difficult for him to get hired too like it doesn't matter that he has had experience in a lot of places yeah got one of the top scholarships worldwide mm-hmm. still difficult to get a job and yeah. I don't know why if it's like it's just a Brunei thing maybe I don't think it is I I don't know actually yeah because like a lot of my friends overseas they're like oh I got a job in Canada whatever like oh god what, what a dream I'm like how do be- these people like they're impressive but I don't think they are necessarily that much better than me I think right. I'm on the same par as mm. them what is it about me that I'm doing wrong Right, right. Mm. I've always wondered about that too. But there's this thing, right, our, um, you know this person, but like, Mm -hmm. they told me that their organization uh, purposefully purposely just like uh, puts really high standards on Mm. the job requirements Mm -hmm. so that locals won't be able to get it. Oh. And so they can go to the labor department and just say, there are no locals who meet the requirements. Bullshit. So we can, like, we need to take in, like, foreign experts. Oh. So that's another thing. Ay-yay-yay. Local yeah. companies trying to work in Brunei but don't want to work with local people. Mm. That's bullshit, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not anti-labor or anything like that. It's just that, you know, have a better policy yeah. in your company. <laughs> so I, I work with a lot of um, companies as well, and they're common complaint because I do deal with like mm. what's your problem and they tell us and a lot of it is labor uh, labor related because um, I think there's a requirement now for there needs to be local labor like a certain percentage yeah. of local labor yeah. right and they're like they're complaining because they're like oh Bruneians don't really stay that long and I'm like how much do you pay one how much how many hours do you make them work mm-hmm. and then without pay yeah yeah and then there's like usually no overtime there's also the problem internships right now mm. unpaid internships God, like there's damn. so much exploitation to it too yeah and they're like oh um I'll get the intern to do this for you and I'm like what have you interned before I've never interned before so I've interned when I was in London and it was interesting because I only had to work like once a week oh wow but I was also researching the organization mm-hmm. for my one of my courses mm-hmm. but they never overworked me 
That's really nice. Yeah, they were really, really nice about it. And they gave me so many different weird opportunities. They're like, okay, you can go and talk to this celebrity and ask them if they want to do this project for us. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Um, they made me talk to my favorite comedian once. They made me talk to Tim Key. They're like, okay, you need to go talk to him and like <laughs> ask him if he's interested in this project. And I was oh like, <laughs> hyperventilating the whole time. I was super so cool fun. about it. Yeah. So much of that was like one of my best working experience, mm. I think, because much of I have anxiety, mm-hmm. and they made me talk to celebrities and and just do it normally. Mm. In any other, so I've met like famous people in the past as a child and stuff like right. that, and. I was what like, kind of child are you to me like so many famous people <laughs> no like I met like a Malaysian band before I like, had lunch with them what like the my fuck? aunt I don't know my aunt brought me to have lunch with them and I was quiet the whole time uh-huh. which, you know, I don't know what to say to them I don't mm. know how to talk to them I just don't know how to treat them like normal people right yeah but like much when I was there I I walked amongst like these big names and mm-hmm. stuff like I helped I thought you them. were gonna say I walked amongst gods or something uh, they're not gods they're still <laughs> human they're all shit <laughs> um, so which I'm, I helped them do, do their projects mm. I, like I helped some artwork installations for like some really big artists yeah, that's really good experience it was really weird because which I'm I'm very timid around people who are super confident in the way they talk mm-hmm. especially people who are like very passionate in one thing and that's all they talk about I don't know how to come in and like, hey. be a part of that right. conversation but which I'm, I was kind of forced to be a part of that conversation sometimes and, and you did well I don't know if I did well some of them thought I was really weird <laughs> but you did it <laughs> I did it yeah like my boss was really proud of me nice. most of the time. so like which I'm I felt like that was a really good experience. They mm-hmm. also buy me lunch every time I come in. Oh, damn. And they, That's nice. They were supposed to pay for my transportation, but they never did. But it's just fine, I guess. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but that was... I don't know if people interning here is the same. I feel like... They I, don't, talk, I don't think they get that many opportunities. Yeah, stuff like that. Which I mean, yeah. Because the comp- the bosses themselves, they want to be the one networking. Yeah. They want to be the ones who are going to get those opportunities. Because it's a name thing. Like, yeah. Who gets credit. Instead of like the organization as a yeah. whole, it's like their own agenda. Also, it's hard to go up if you're a private company. Mm. So like, yeah. it's important for the big names to talk to the big names mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to interns. There's also like the issue with like interns at uh, government, uh, okay. government divisions. They don't really do much or go out much or right. get out or get any opportunity to mm-hmm. like experience what it's like. They kind of just, I feel really sorry for them most mm-hmm. of the time because they're kind they of are? like, kind of like slave drivers (laughs) I think people want to learn it's just that we like the government culture doesn't really invite interns so I think people just don't know what to treat with interns I do agree they're like or attachments and stuff yeah so like when when attachment students come and they're just like I don't know what to give you and then like some odd job comes I'm like okay you do that so it's just that and there's no like proper plan of like this is what you're gonna do and this is what you're gonna learn from it or like whatever there's no plan just I feel really sorry for them that's all you wanna talk about wages right yeah what about them we can talk about it really quick and then wages great uh I can't live on my no. <laughs> I can't, can, I can't. Okay. It's just that it's, I feel like I've been, I don't, I don't want to sound entitled and I don't feel like I am, mm-hmm. but it's just that 
I sense this um, kind of dissatisfaction, and not necessarily from me, but from like the people around me, like my elders and stuff like that. They're like, "Oh, kasiyan jako ni," and I'm like, "You should be getting more." Yeah, you should be getting more, and I'm like, "Really? Like, I'd, like, can you just not put that those ideas in my head right, right. now? Like, I, do I really need them?" That's true. Yeah, like, do I really need to feel like so insecure about this? Mm-hmm. But it, it is it is an issue that I really do care about, where like recent graduates are getting paid shit. I mean, not all of them, obviously. Yeah, but like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them. I think a lot of people in your circle are getting shit pays. Yeah, and like really shit pays, shit hours and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's something I'm really... I don't know, I'm scared I'm gonna have to like quit my job or something and have to do that. As in like, go... I'm re- I'm in a relatively better place, and like it's more stable, obviously, because it's a government job. Mm-hmm. But if I were to, because it's a contractual job, what if I don't get renewed, right? Yeah. So there's that too. There's that fear. fear. Also, mm. you know what? What's your experience with that? I guess what wages? Yeah. Um, I've been very very lucky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what about like the people, like your batch? Um, Have I they know... been like? Uh-huh straight to the like a comfortable living do you think I'm not sure because much like, high school friends school but I don't really know I know like one of them got a degree but had to settle for a C3 job which is quite low mm-hmm. yeah I think like maybe $600 lower than her what she's entitled to right whatever that entitled that's, means that's that's huh? basically what happens in my division is not division my department banyak like, orang chatu lah yeah. which is even harder if you're a UBD graduate people don't trust UBD graduates which I don't understand because they work so hard for years UBD is so difficult it's so difficult yeah I would like I would go to the extent to say that UBD punya standard is the same as National University of Singapore mm-hmm. punya standard okay. because like macam every time I talk to my friends who graduate from UBD the workload that I had in NUS mm. was the same as their workload when they have in UBD. Yeah. yeah. Except that culture drama is more relaxed. Mm. The culture of my school was just super intense for four years. So... I think I would have died at your school. I died many times. <laughs> yeah. It was very difficult. Like, I failed, like... I did, I never failed classes. Just never did well. I think I just kali I got... got twice an F. Whoa. Essays. Yeah. So... Which I'm not how strict they are. We also have a bell curve, the curve oh, God. system. I hate that. And oh god, it's just so difficult. It was so like school was so difficult for me. Then but, why is it that they kind of look to UK universities as like a bit better than the local graduates? I don't really get it because for me, uh, hearing from my like friends who went to UBD they have it so difficult well I was just like you want to know why why colonial hangover oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's why you want to explain what that is colonial hangover is when you look up to western society Mm. for no fucking reason yeah 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 I was uh relatively I skated through my degree yeah relatively because I remember talking to you throughout the whole time you were doing your degree you just sounded like you were having a ball not doing anything yeah sometimes I'm just like well I have one essay let's do like in like three weeks yeah and then I that's it I'd be so furious with you (laughs) I can't like my uni I couldn't risk doing stuff like that Mm. and I guess to a certain extent it really did prepare me to 
because okay when I did my interview for the first government organization I worked for mm-hmm. they talked about how well I did for two years they keep bringing it up mm-hmm. as a standard to live up to right so much um, the next time the new batch of people came in they were like the standard is Tia god damn it was crazy and like, I remember someone earlier this year bringing it up again it's been how many years? It's been nine years. <laughs> Almost a no, decade. In the, like, macham, they were saying, macham, oh yeah, you did really well for your interview, right? Mm. That's what they said to me. Like, someone said that to me earlier this year. And my boss keep bringing it up too. and Because I did really well for all of them. Mm-hmm. And I guess be, macham, my uni, despite how hard it was, mm-hmm. because I hung out with so many nerds. And like I loved them so much. Like My best friends were all nerds. Mm-hmm. So they were challenging me on how to think all the time and I brought that forward during my interview that's good because like Chum, you know some interview um, punya sessions are really intimidating mine was quite intimidating but I was basically fighting them mm. <laughs> as opposed to my best friend who was also working with me who was trying to charm them alright right so for me it was like Macham I'm gonna, gonna show, that. I'm gonna show you wh- why I'm excellent. That's good. Yeah, while my best friend is like, I'm gonna show you why you should hire me. Wink, wink. Oh yeah. my god, I think that's the strategy that my uh, my mom told me mm. uh, before the interview. You should charm them. Like, in, a, in, like, in Malay, yeah. I don't know what it is in Malay anymore. But yeah, you should be like, you should, you know, like, appeal yeah. to them in no, like, a, okay. like a softer way. <laughs> Not no. need to embrace them. And Every like, time I go into interviews, <laughs> okay. I'm like, I need to tell you how, why I think I'm excellent. Right. Which is like, you have to come in super ego about it. Right. Yeah. Everybody take notes. Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> so much of, because everyone's like, Macham, <laughs> like, Macham, you want to appease them? Mm, yeah, you yeah. You don't want to appease them. You need to tell them that I am better than you. Maybe that's why interviewers look bored all the time. Yeah, because the thing is, God, most of the time people come in, they're, they're interviewing like how many people? Yeah. People are approaching them in the same way. Yeah. I came in like, Macham, sit down, here's why. Macham, mm. <laughs> chat So, Macham, it was really interesting because I remember one of my bosses, who I thought was like really, really intimidating, he was like, when you came into the room, I set up. Oh, that's nice. So he was like, Macham, I was really like, and then during my second phase of interview, people were like, I'm really looking forward to what this mm. person has to say when it was my name coming up. And Doral Singaja, they put me as the last one. Why? As like a dessert. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so, like, Macham, I was waiting the whole morning, and then, like, when I came in, I was just tired. I, I think it was, they were trying to exhaust me for five hours waiting. What the hell? All right, yeah. okay. And then they were really happy with what they saw. Hmm. So, like, they were really pleased that... Like, oh, she can handle five hours? Yes, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Because everyone... And, like, what was horrible was the person before me was... The whole room was laughing. Mm. I don't know what he was doing in there. He was doing comedy, I guess. <laughs> he didn't get hired. Oh, my God. That's so sad, <laughs> though. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, which I'm... I guess, like, that's what I meant, like, with my uni really helped me prep for that. Mm. Yeah. Because, like... Mine was like that. Which I'm... With NUS, you need to tell people why... Because everyone's going around telling everyone that I'm great. Right. Okay. So, that's that's why that was useful maybe that's why they wanted a Singapore graduate maybe my uni was soft as hell <laughs> I know yeah so many UK unis are really soft they yeah. let you do whatever you want it's your opportunity <laughs> <laughs> do you have any advices though do, for people who are unemployed I honestly don't yeah yeah because I feel like I'm still kind of floundering here and there mm. yeah 
recently I uh, I checked how many rejections I've got, mm. and I have fifty. Jesus, fifty-eight the wow. past three years. So there's that. Does that help though, having that many rejections? I don't think so. Because some people are like they pride in the number of rejections they have. I I don't because it's just like it was the test, mm. and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I don't know what I'm doing wrong with like the tests right, right now you just want to attain to that interview phase, yeah right? it's yeah. that interview phase that's really difficult mm-hmm. for me what do you think it'll help if you're bapa ada nama datu I don't know I wonder sometimes just cause I don't know I don't, I don't know. think so because I know that the people recently who've uh-huh. recently gotten a permanent position in my department uh-huh. they're kind of just normal people normal people, normal people. <laughs> like datu kids are not normal <laughs> yeah average plebs <laughs> oh god I don't really have any advice for people. I do feel sorry for the current situation, though. It's really hard. I know someone... I told you this. I know someone who had to keep taking... Belajar, lagi belajar, sampai PhD. Because they yeah. couldn't get a job. And they seem to be someone who is marketable, right? Yeah. I guess no one gives a shit about that. Maybe uh, he comes in super confident like I do and just didn't get a job, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know? that's the thing, right? Like, who... who will t- There's nobody to tell us. And there's yeah. nothing that will indicate that... This is what you did wrong. Mm. At this point, I think whatever it is, is luck. Yeah. You do have to apply as much as you can. You do have to come in to interviews. Like, yeah, you know. I'm going to fucking get this. Yeah, and research the organization yeah, before which you. Which is important. Which is important. Oh, yeah. Um, can we talk about that, that message you got? Right now? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, it's employability, I guess. Right? Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody messaged me. I don't know how to phrase it. It's just really weird. So like, we're looking for... Sunken Alliance is looking for um, writers and contributors, uh-huh. right? Yeah. <laughs> and then someone messaged you. Someone messaged me saying, so what's Sunken Alliance about? I want to write for you. Like, what's Something like that. Fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, if you want to write for us, you need to know what you're going to... No, this is not... The f- you need to know what the organization is. So this is not the first time I've gotten messages like this. Mm. I think I've gotten like five of them in the past already. Yeah. All the time. And I know for sure... I'm not gonna... Even if this person just writes something and just gives it to me, I'd probably say no to it because I know they haven't checked the website. I kind of... Yeah, I feel the same way. If somebody's like, so I want to write for you guys, but what are you guys all about? I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, do your due diligence, you know? Yeah, if you're really interested in working, if you really want a job, know what that organization is first, what they do. Right, and like, if you want something, act like you want it. Yeah, if you act like you don't want it, don't act like it's a, it's a favor for the gov- for the organization to have you. Don't like, act like you are something that people are going to lose. Right. Wait, does that make sense? No, wait, people are don't are act afraid like, of losing. No, don't, don't act know. like as if. Yeah, I don't know how to phrase this. You can come in to interviews or whatever, super confident. I think it's the you, but you need to justify why you at the you are employable right right yeah which is yeah. what you need throughout the interview you need to like basically impress them yeah don't come into an interview acting like that but not having the data with you mm. not having the facts with you i know so many people who've been rejected because they come in and they come out with a statement which i'm i'm a this i believe in this that there's no arguments yeah that to rela- justify to, re- to yeah. relate to the organization because to why, like, how they're good fit for it yeah what it is is 
what that assessment you are having, that one line assessment, like I'm a this, mm. you need to have things to back you up on that. Don't just say I'm a this and not have anything mm. to justify why you're that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, we're, but, that's all we're talking about. Today. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Uh, please visit our website, songkitalliance.com. Go to Twitter at Songkit Alliance and Facebook at Songkit Alliance. We'll Bye and good luck. Yeah. Bye. Bye.